Good morning, good morning, good morning, family. It's your boy Dom, and we're back for another episode of Red Cup Philosophy, the podcast. So check it. Today I have with me an, an actor, a podcast host, an entrepreneur, um, and a creator because he created me. This is my father. <laughs> if you guys would, please. Help me welcome my dad, Julian Lee, to Red Cup Philosophy, the podcast. <laughs> good morning. Well, good morning to you too, Dominique. And I'm pretty sure at this stage, if we were live on TV, that would be screams and 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 clapping and standing oh, up. Right? But can you just envision that? <laughs> right? Like here he is. And, ah, ah, yeah, yes, there he is. You know, all kinds of no. Autograph. Uh, that's that's what that's what that's what would be happening right now. You know that, right? This is gonna be a real candid conversation, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know it's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna wait. You got your cup? I got a glass. Uh, yeah, I got a cup. I got a glass. How about that? Work, right. You got your. I, I can't drink wine out of a red cup. I would love to, but it's. I just. I. I'm just incapable of doing that. You well, you got your cup, so let's pull up. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. All right. Yo, this is gonna be funny. This is gonna be a good one. So, first things first. I I was looking back at all of the episodes of Red Cup Philosophy, okay. um, and I realized I've never had a parent on the show and because you are my parent first question out the gate what was it like raising me (laughs) (laughs) well actually i could try to make up a bunch of stuff and try to make it funny but i can honestly say that raising you was uh Pretty darn easy. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, and the reason I can say that, and, and I'm, this this is about being candid here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for for a long time, um, and I guess the majority of your life, I I was there, but I wasn't always there, right? Mm-hmm. So raising you as a as a single dad and having your mom and grandma do the majority of the raising, I got the chance to benefit of those two influences on your life. Right. So <laughs> you didn't okay. act up. you did not act up with me. You you did. You did. <laughs> I, I mean I can recall one or two times where you may have flared up, but I mean in the in the grand scheme of raising a kid, I had it pretty easy. Now, can't say that for your mom and your and, and Miss Maddie, because they were they had you all the time. So they got to see the time that they had to go up to the school and get you out of trouble. I never knew about those things until you were an adult, right? <laughs> did, you have, did you not have those scenarios? I'm sure. I mean, you know. I, I mean, I had like two. Like, don't, I wasn't a, I wasn't a problem child. I was a perfect child. Either. I wasn't a perfect. I was more. I was more of a problem than Gerard, but <laughs> I wasn't a problem child. Like, let's, let's clarify. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I would. I would like to say again that thanks to uh, Miss Maddie and 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 Michelle, I reaped the benefits where I didn't have to step in. And be that dad, or have to worry about you uh, doing some crazy things. Now, <laughs> I just think we all had a hand in raising you, and it it, it turned out 
uh, in our favor. I'll just say that. So if I say it was easy, it was it was easy. It really was. I say this in person. I also say this in the book. And I don't know if this is the first time I'm actually saying it to you. Mm-hmm. But for, for for those who who haven't read the book, or for those who don't know my story, my parents divorced when I was three. And again, my dad was not in the house, but he was in my life. So to your point. You may not have been there on the day to day. However, you still had a hand in raising. And I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I thank you because everybody doesn't have that. Yeah, I, I, I will agree. I have always been a hands on dad. Uh, I mean, all the way from changing diapers to taking to the store when you were you were uh, little. Uh, I mean, real little where, where most dads, I'm not picking up that kid. I'm not changing that diaper. He's not, he's not going with me I'm <laughs> now, but uh, I, I can always, I'll always stand on being a hands-on dad. And I think that that contributed to it, but you absolutely, you just really echo what I said. I wasn't there. I wasn't present. Uh, God, I, this is ironic. I don't even recall that you were three years old. I thought you were a little bit older than that, but that, that makes sense now. Uh, and Given that, that had to be some difficult um, uh, scenarios to live through at that age. But firm believer that what doesn't kill us makes us better. Mm-hmm. And everything that we do in life shapes who we are today. So if I had changed, if I could change any of that, it could potentially have us in different places right now. So I'm not going to look back and say, wow, why? But I want to say that God blessed us to be where we are today brought us through whatever hard times we both went through doing those, doing those, those scenarios. It's it happened the way it was supposed to in in my mind. Right. And I, that's something that I realized later on growing up. I realized that if things did not happen the way that they were happening, that I would not, I would not be where I am and I would not be the person that I am. Mm -hmm. So um, you kind of learn to be grateful for those things. Right. Yep, absolutely. Or, and 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 one of the things that that I wanted to talk to you about because I don't think we've ever really talked about it is how did your relationship with your father um, affect or channel or guide your relationship with me and my siblings? That is a great question, and I I have a a very um, appropriate answer. Uh, my father was non-existent. Mm, okay. Totally non-existent. Um, may have seen him a week during the summer. Um, and as I was religiously picking you guys up every other weekend, mm-hmm. part of my parenting responsibilities and just wanting to have you guys close in my life, uh, despite of a scenario that, that wasn't perfect, uh, I, I didn't have that arrangement with him. Um, mm. I, and I, I, here's a story I tell a lot to a lot of people when I talk about my dad. Uh, you know, I, I played high school basketball. We played at Gaston State University over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in my my father's hometown over a weekend, of which he had uh, ample knowledge of me being there, and he did not come to watch me play. Now. Mom would travel all over and why I can't remember if she was there that weekend, but she would come to all the home games and, and everything. But he, so that's that's how non-existent he was. So how did that influence me to 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 uh, engage with or, or be present with my kids, regardless of the physical uh, 
location of being in the house or not in the house, I have always wanted to be present and accounted for and be there uh, for my kids. You know, it wasn't always convenient to get up and go, but hell, I, I was there. And, and I did that pur- purposefully and intentionally because of the lack of uh, interaction and engagement. And uh, I'm not going to say love. I can't say he didn't love me. It just wasn't shown in a manner that that I felt was appropriate. So that's why I treat you guys the way that I do. And, I'm, and I consider myself to always be there for you guys. It's just an important, important part of being a parent that uh, unfortunately didn't exist. I got you. So for those of you who don't know, um, I have two siblings. I call them my triple B's, my biological big brother and my biological baby brother. So so my next question is, how important is it for a black man to be a father in his child's life? Because you've you've experienced not having a father present um, and in your own words, him being non-existent to you being a father and being present in your children's lives. Um, how how important is that? You know, it's very important on, on, two, on two fronts, but I, I'm going to break this down. Um, a lot of times it's not so much having your father, but the father mm-hmm. figure, right? Mm, okay. So, yeah, uh, my, my grand, grandfather was a father figure. Now, I was, I think I was... Um, 15 when he passed away. So he was there the whole time as a father figure. Was he the father? Uh, was he the, um, uh, if you, if you had a prototypical father that you could script, it probably wasn't that guy, but he was there and he let us know that, uh, you know, we're, we're his responsibility for raising. And he, he did just that. But then the other aspect in, in, this may tie to some of the things that, that you experienced. I, I may ask you that same question, but having a, having a, a black mother that's like a father, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my mother raised me and I really don't know what it was like to not have a father other than the fact that those times when he wasn't present or, 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 or I, I maybe expected him to show up from a father perspective, he wasn't there, but my, my, my mother raised me uh, and raised all the, all our kids without a dad being in the house, other than my grandfather being a father figure. But um, it's, I think it's important in this day and age, um, not that it wasn't important back then. And it's just hard for me to say life would be any different if he would, he had been there. I'd like to say yes, but who knows? Right. Gotcha. Because I don't want to take away from from what my mom did. I don't want to take away from what Michelle did, Miss Maddie did for you. Uh, if I had been there, things would have been different. Uh, but I, 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 I know it's important. And I, I praise all dads that are a, 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 a part of their kids' lives and just don't take that back seat and, and will step up and do what what the, the kids need. Right. Uh, at some point, I don't I don't know if I needed him to be there. If he was he was so non-existent that. Uh, it wasn't a uh, a factor that that uh, he wasn't there. You know, it's not like I had something to compare it to, right? Oh, uh, here's, here's a dad in the house. He was here, good, good, going well, and all of a sudden he's gone. I mean, he he was gone from the day I was born. So wow, see, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, okay. uh, my mom and dad divorced the year I was born. So wow, wow. Um, so. 
Um, last year, you gave me a call. Did and I call? I yeah, I called. You, yes, you called me. Mm-hmm. And you said that you gave you you gave me the news that you had at that point um, a heart attack, and um, that you were having to go and have open heart surgery within mm-hmm. the next twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was one moment where, no matter what was going on, the world kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you did not sound like the dad that I had always heard. Okay. Right. Um, literally the day before Thanksgiving, you are having to call your children and tell them that number one, you're laying in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Number two, that you've had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And that within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, you're going to go into open heart surgery. Um, what was you feeling at that moment? Uh, another great question. Now, I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I'm learning a lot. I never ask how you guys responded to that. I have never asked that. So mm-hmm. it's just hearing you say what you said just now uh, resonates. Uh, because I wanted to say that I was not afraid and that I had no fear of dying, but I think I would be lying to myself and anybody else that's uh, listening to this podcast. I, I tried not to display that and I tried to, to hide those, those inner feelings. Uh, so for you to say that I sounded different, I had to be scared that, uh, that things were not going to turn, turn out as well as, as they could. Um, Having to make that phone call was hard. Uh, I I tried to make it, um, you know, as as jovial, even though it was a very situ- serious situation. Mm-hmm. Tried to make it as uh, as less painful uh, for me to have to say. But it was. Uh, if you say I was a different person, I'm going to acknowledge that because there's no way I could have been the same person on on that call. No mm-hmm. way. Um, and that's eye opening to me. Because to this day, I've told people I didn't have a fear of dying. You know, I was good. I, I knew everything was going to be all right, but I don't think I knew that <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> uh, but uh, I want to tell a part of that story that this this may sound weird, but when I called you and I called Gerard, it was almost like okay, they know, but I never had an expectation y'all was going to show up. It's like they need to be here. Is that weird? Mm-hmm. And I don't understand because we've had a number of conversations and I was like, wow, these, these kids dropped everything, everything that they were doing to be here. Uh, but it was not like I was calling you guys to come. I was calling. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I was calling to let you know what was going on, but I wasn't calling you to tell you to get your butt to Texas. It's not that that I, I thought it was uh, that, that you guys would have been bad if you hadn't shown up. It just I wasn't calling you to tell you to come to Texas. I was calling to tell you what, what was going on and, and I'm going into surgery and y'all start booking flights right then on the moment at the moment. Yeah. It wasn't like I expect my kids to be here. Right. And that could have been part of part of some portion of me thinking that ah, this this too shall pass. I'll be fine. I'll see them when they get here. But when you guys showed up, 
you know, when I came out of surgery, I don't know who was there first. Gerard uh, got there before, before you went to surgery. surgery. When I got out of surgery. I got in while you, yeah, I got in while you were in surgery. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a, a, a very um, fulfilling moment in my life to have you guys there, to have you guys present. And it, it, it meant a lot. But it was it was never meant to be uh, a requirement, if I can use that word, or any pressure. You guys just knew, and that's what we do. I mean, that's 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 what we do. That's how we right. react. Uh, I've done it for my mom. I've done it for my uh, grandma. That Miss Maddie, everybody. When when times go go bad, we're always there. But it just I don't know if was was I not acknowledging the severity of what I was going on, or. It's just maybe I don't know. Maybe I was just in a different mindset. I can't put my finger on it. But it's not like uh, I it, it, I was putting pressure on you guys. And, but nonetheless, you just fell into to what we do as human beings and as people in uh, in our family uh, with love and caring for each other that we have. That's just how we react. You know, we we go into go into action. It's it's funny. Um, in this moment right now on the call with you, I just thought back to something that happened when we were younger, when me and Gerard were younger. And I didn't realize that it's something that was instilled in us until just now, until you just said it. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a weekend that we were all together. It was, it was one of those weekends that, that, that you came to get us and that we were supposed to be going somewhere out of town for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it was just going to be me, you and Gerard. We were actually on the highway heading out of town. I want to say we was headed to like Atlanta or something like that. And you got the call that great granny, something had happened with her mm-hmm. and that either she was she she was in the hospital or that she was in the nursing home and something wasn't going well. Right. Right. And literally. I wanted to still go on the trip, but I knew that we were going to turn around and go back to Sylacauga mm-hmm. and stay the weekend in Sylacauga because we needed to be there. Right. Right. And remember that. although I was upset because I was looking forward to the trip, I understood it. And right. I understood that that's what it is that we needed to do. And without even thinking, to your point last year, that same scenario came up. And what was instilled in myself and in Gerard, we just did it. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like it was like what you displayed for us those years back became the expectation for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it became the basis of what we would do if we were in that situation because you modeled it. You showed it to us. Right. So I can't remember where we were going, uh, but I definitely remember us turning around and having it cancel uh cancel the trip so we could so we could be there. And you right you guys, you guys understood. So that within itself says a lot for for um uh, for you to remember that and then put all this together and then for you guys to respond the way, way that you did. And it, um, it just shows you the influence you have on people. A lot of times we don't even know it. Yeah. And, right. um, when, when you were laying in that hospital bed, was there anything that your parents poured into you that came flooding back? You know, we spent so much time at the hospital. Because, you know, we had a lot of sickness in our family. Mm-hmm. Great granny was sick. Uh, your grandmother had cancer, uh, died at age 56, but she fought it for six years. We spent so much time at the hospital that people thought we worked there. 
we would go and get our food, check out. I said, what department y'all work in? Oh, we are visiting. It's just, it's just what we do. So um, I, I knew what to expect from a caregiver perspective, right? And what I what I saw was the the transfer of what we did again with what you and Gerard did. Uh, Janice, for those that don't know, my wife's name is Janice. She could not be at the hospital because she had to be at home take care of Cam. So during during the time when I was incapacitated and I needed someone at the hospital, guess who was there? Dominique and Gerard. So I saw myself in you guys at that point, you know, especially when I was trying to get up and run out of the bed and I was just, uh, uh, I was snatching IVs out of my arm and I, and I swore up and down. Somebody was trying to kill me. <laughs> no, it wasn't somebody. It was that one nurse. She was trying to kill me. I, she that, was trying to kill me. Those nights were not fun <laughs> at all. Listen, how much you guys couldn't have slept at all. Oh, no, we did not sleep. You couldn't, because if you did, did. I, I was getting up. <laughs> we did not sleep. And it was it wasn't, number one, to see your father in that state is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, to see your father in another state, not in his traditional normal state as far as mentally, because you are under so much medication mm-hmm. and, you know, all of the things, the IVs and you not being able to physically do the things that you were doing. Simple right. things like stand up, simple right. things like roll over, simple things like going to the restroom by yourself. You know, that that was challenging and having to mentally fight through that to say, OK, let me be a caregiver in this moment. Right. Let me let me assist. But then on top of that, the craziness that. <laughs> You was trying to like run in the middle of the night. You can't move. So you're st- you're in bed right now. Like, what did you do? Uh, the, the one night I was in ICU, nobody was there except for that woman that was trying to kill me. Oh, that was, you know what? You, the drugs did a number on you. Okay? <laughs> they did a number on you. We can sit back and we can laugh now. Yeah, you're in right. In the moment, I, it wasn't funny. No, no, it just wasn't. I don't know if I was angry or if I was scared. I was like, really? I think I was tired. Like, really? You? <laughs> really? Really, daddy? Daddy, really? Really, daddy? Please, no, stop. Sit down. I feel like I was raising Cam. Daddy, no, stop. Stop messing with that. You're fine. You're good. Sit down. You'll be okay. They're coming with your food. You don't want this to eat. You want something else to eat. Like, literally. Yeah, yeah. So to your point earlier, I saw myself in you guys because <laughs> being a caregiver is what we do as a family. And then other people that do the same thing. But that is a uh, now that you, if you think about the thread, mm-hmm. if you think about the scenario where we turned around and went to great grannies and the times we were at the hospital with my mom and then. The time that, that you guys were there for me, it is in our DNA to be caregivers. And, you, and, and I'm, I'm probably overlooking the time you were there for Miss Maddie because I wasn't there in those scenarios where you had to take care, take care of her. Uh, so it's just in our nature to be caregivers. And we know how to do that. Yeah, so true. So true. So now um, you are a few days out from a year out from your surgery. 
mm-hmm. you had a initially we thought it was a a triple bypass right. surgery, open heart surgery. But once they opened you up, ended up being a quadruple bypass open heart surgery. Yes. Yes. What would you call this stage, this phase, this chapter of your life? I would say it is another journey to be on. Uh, One might think that life is one big journey, but I think I want to say that there are many journeys that you take and there are many goals that you achieve. So you just start on the next chapter uh, of your life. So keeping with the book scenario, I am at a a new chapter in my life, Um, meaning I'm going to write something different than what I've ever experienced. Primarily because, you know, physical um, scenarios, but mentally, uh, I want to say that I'm at a, at a, at a new place. Uh, things that used to mean a lot don't mean a lot so much. You know, I don't have to make all the money. I just want to make some money. Right. And I can remember wanting to be a millionaire and and just not that that was a bad thing or a good thing. But in order to do that, you had to set that goal and you had to stay on track and anything that deferred you from getting there, you had to put it aside. Right. Uh, but right now, I'm content with where I am, uh, what I'm doing, and I just want to excel and 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 leave a, a, a legacy of a person that lived a good life, raised good, respectable kids that ex- exceeded what I could have done in this world. So I'm, I'm, I'm into writing my legacy through you guys. That's why I agreed to do this uh, podcast. Uh, this is this is phenomenal. There's been a number of times I know people just won't share on video, but there's been a number of times I've had tears in my eyes. I don't know if you saw me wiping them away, but uh, mm-hmm. this is this is life changing stuff for me, and it it means so much to have uh, this kind of conversation with your kid. Uh, and, and but the point is, this, I couldn't have scripted that you and I would be sitting here talking about this. So this is going to be something we're going to have in our life that's going to be a great life experience. No, it, it occurred and it is very moving, very uh, gratifying and will always uh, resonate as a uh, as a part of the new chapter of Julian Lee. So if you would. Pour out one last shot of wisdom. This is it. Then, then I can go. <laughs> yes, son. You, 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 you clean up your room, and if you eat your plate, then you can go outside and play with your friends. Thank you. Thank you. That's how, that's how life reverses, okay? Amazing <laughs> parents. Oh, if I could say one thing, and it's not a phrase that I can say that I came up with, but I have lived by this for a long time. And this gets me through those adverse moments when things are just not going your way. And you think there's no end in sight, uh, no light at the end of the tunnel. If it is, it's a train. Uh, so for every adversity, there's an equal or greater seed of opportunity. You just got to know how to find it. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Cheers. You guys. All right. That was my father, Julian Lee. <laughs> Julian Lee, everyone. Excellent. Uh- <laughs>